everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to get lost with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. But we're not going to be critics, we're not going to be throwing numbers at you, we're just going to be asking at the end of the conversation. So did you like it? I am Sir Square, and joined as always with my co-host. I'm Park Man, Park Machine, all Robocars. And we're joined by our special guest. Who are you, special guest? Explain yourself. Gorb! <laughs> <laughs> I've learned nothing. <laughs> but most people just call more... me Ace. Hello. <laughs> I'm so confused already. We just started, guys. Come on. I haven't even explained the movie yet. What is going on? I feel left out and abandoned. Anyway, this week we checked out Robocop with our special oh, guest, Ace. Yeah, we're joined by Ace. <laughs> Ace. Ace Scorcher to some. Absolute Chad to others. Robocop directed by... <laughs> written by Edward Numier and Michael Miner, starring the great Peter Weller. This is a uh, this is a classic film that honestly I have no background in. Like the only background I have for RoboCop was I had seen the remake in like 2014 when it was in theaters and had no idea what was going on. Like I was just like, okay, this seems cool, I guess. I I grew up watching this uh when i was far too young to be watching this so i love this movie it has some nostalgia to it but every time i watch it i'm like you know what you because one of those like you come back to a movie and you're like oh man i wonder does it hold up is it good i don't wonder that for this movie it's just a matter of how much does it kick ass (laughs) (laughs) and i was not disappointed i I have seen the remake. I did my my notes on it. I think that I told you was I thought the remake was basically like Diet RoboCop, like the yeah. messaging oh, is good. Familiar. The gore is significantly <laughs> like I think it's PG comparatively. Yeah, no, I remember that movie being rated PG thirteen. But after seeing this movie, like twenty fourteen RoboCop is a G rated film. Take your fucking <laughs> six year old to see it compared to this movie. I see. I probably saw this at six. <laughs> That is the perfect tender age to really mold you to understand the satire of the film. Understand, kids. Violence is okay. (laughs) Violence is okay, as long as it is in in utopian Detroit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kaz, would you like to explain utopian Detroit? Utopian Detroit. Well, I just wanted to clarify. Ace, you have no experience with this movie, too. I think... Uh, no, like again, this is one of those movies I had, I've heard of, but again, never saw it. So it was like a blank slate walking in, and <laughs> it was. So how did you how did you get to come about to choosing this movie for us? Um, honestly, I was kind of stumped on what to pick, so I just decided to like go down a list of movies I hadn't seen, and this was the first one that came up, and I was just like. This would be fun to watch, so sure, why not? I think you asked like your own Twitch stream, like, uh, like which one? I think it was between this and Terminator, and everyone, everyone had the same yeah. response, like, "Oh, Terminator's great, but RoboCop doesn't get enough." T- you know, not enough people talk about RoboCop, and everyone unanimously said RoboCop. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I when I was told that, I was a little bit kind of sad because, like, I, I. I've seen the first Terminator movie, but I've only ever seen it once, and I was really young. So, like, I have brief, like, snatches of memory about the film. I don't actually, like, remember it fully. 
But man, I was not prepared for this week. Like I really was not prepared for this movie. I came into it with this like separate idea that it was going to be like just kind of like a cop thriller with like maybe a little bit of question about like humanity in it and got this just wild dystopian ride full of like the same satire that would lead to starship troopers and i was not prepared just for like the opening like scene of the death of like the main character oh i thought you were just oh man that was when you said opening scene i I thought you were going to talk about like the news snippets and commercials because the commercials much like starship (laughs) troopers are kind of part of like the best part Oh, those commercials I, are so funny. <laughs> I say opening scene when, yeah, definitely a couple scenes have passed by the time uh, the main character finally gets killed. It's just, it happened so quickly. And, like, you think there was going to be a moment of retaliation, like he'd get a moment on top and then lose out his hope. But no, <laughs> like, just from the get-go, they blow his hand off. And I'm just staring at my screen, like, jaw dropped, looking at this man, like, holding the stump of his arm. And I'm like... Ha! What? Ha! First day on the job after recently uh, transferring to Utopian Detroit. <laughs> such a shame. Why do we call it Utopian Detroit? We guys? call it Utopian Detroit because I think it's supposed to be like, well, especially for when it came out, it's supposed to be far flung Detroit in the future. And when you start with those ads, you see all these goofy medical breakthroughs. Oh, you could have a custom made heart, whatever you want. Uh, you could. Um, I forgot. So I forgot some of the commercials on there, but they're just like the most ridiculous promises. And like, look, everything's great. And then like, we even show the world news, and like, it starts off with like a skirmish having I think in South Africa, and then later on we're ta- uh, there's also like something happening like a rebellion in Mexico where I think they attack. Uh... Fuck, I forgot where they said they attack. Uh, was it Acapulco? Anyways. They attacks it. I think it was Acapulco. There was there was a rebellion yeah. in Mexico, and so basically, it makes the whole world sound like shit. And then we talk. We have these commercials for like you know Detroit, where like you know once again miracles in medical science and cars and all this stuff, and it's great. And then we see the streets of Detroit. <laughs> it's like ah, this is the utopian Detroit we were promised. <laughs> I'm gonna need a oh, ding and a counter for utopian Detroit. <laughs> Thank you, utopian Detroit, my home away from home. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we we find out that the main character has been transferred from really good city to even better city, Utopia, seven, Detroit. Exactly. Uh, uh, which, like, again, I knew like things were gonna happen that leads to the main character becoming RoboCop, but I was not expecting <laughs> just a full on like shooting gallery of this man. Like, like this was just four dudes drunk at like a bachelor party going off on this guy it was scary for a little bit i gotta like i thought the first scene with the ed just shooting yeah was bad but then they get to this and i was just i was honestly just baffled (laughs) 
Let's they riddled it. Let's let's talk about Ed two hundred nine for a bit. Oh my god, guys! I'm not kidding. Like the amount of gore ha- that happened in this movie, I completely forgot about the scene with Ed two hundred nine yeah. at the beginning. Let's talk about Ed two hundred nine. Holy shit! Oh, the first thing I'll say, so I can get it out of the way, because like we said, the neither Square nor Ace has seen this movie before. But the moment we Ed two hundred nine, which I remember as a kid, like loving the design, and then uh, you know, as you watch it older, you're like, hey, this robot kind of sucks shit. Um, but like, yeah, uh, but like, yeah, the first reveal of Ed 209 and uh, the first thing I hear out of Ace is Holt present hall pass. And I was like, fuck, this was a family guy joke. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. Oh my God, it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only uh... thing I knew from this movie was that I was as soon as it came up, I was like, oh, this is where this joke <laughs> and, comes from. And as you say that, I'm thinking, like, you're going to see how startlingly um, tame the, that, or how accurate that that uh, Family Guy version was. <laughs> they don't show as much gore, I don't think. I don't know, maybe they do. But Guess who created Ed 209? Dick. Bill Tibbet oh. created the preliminary sketches of ed 209 i was talking about the movie character (laughs) well i'm glad you've got your movie character reference but like i just shout out to this legendary man who just keeps like every time i watch a film that has something to do with like uh stop motion from like this time period his name is attached to it this man has put in so much work through the ages and like it's it's getting more distinct to see his style but it's crazy to just see, like, this very, like, the thing that really stands out to me about Ed 209 is it's a very plausible robot. Like, this looked like something someone would have definitely have already built in our time period. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole, like, argument of the impracticality of actually making bipedal robots over just putting fucking treads on the damn thing. But... <laughs> But, just make it walk like a but you know well yeah we would we could argue that all we want but we still got countries out there trying to make gundams because they think it's going to be the best idea ever uh, yeah like i said i'm not going to get into yeah. that because that's going to be a whole <laughs> ass argument <laughs> but like yeah it is sort of feasible and all that but uh yeah it, it's a cool design and as for the stop motion honestly I my brain shuts off because it doesn't think to itself like this is a special effect. You're just watching the thing go, and it's so seamless that like sure there's like maybe a shot where you're like, oh yeah, this is probably a model that's being scaled up or something like that, and it's not actually there. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. fits so perfectly in here that you're just like, yeah, no, that that's what's happening. The the, the robot is is fucking up trying to go down the stairs like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That was so. I was. I was losing it when we just oh, see like that. Man. Uh, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just, just a crash. Eh? Eh? <laughs> oh, good. It. Uh. I think because. Oh well. Sometimes, sometimes you you don't realize when you have comedy gold until it just happens. I don't know that this is a direct reference, but I just it makes me think of the moment where I think you know because this came out before uh, the re uh, you know re uh, I guess. Uh, reboot recanonizing of like the new doctor who series but like yeah they have a moment where there's like those dalek things little trash can aliens are chasing after them and they go up the stairs and you know the character's like ha 
we've defeated them. The fools can't even go upstairs. And yeah, it's like a weird moment like that where it just can't, you know, it doesn't do anything. But then all of a sudden it just starts to like hover and fly. People are like, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) They've adapted. That's right. We have to make sure that we breed one flaw into every robot we make. It can't climb stairs. As long as we have the high ground, we will never lose our dominance over the machines we create. That's also why I think bipedal robot design is is just not viable. I'm not getting into it. But... (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you really want to get into it. I can talk for way longer than this podcast can go on if we want to talk about that, so that's why I'm trying to hold it it back. But yeah, our first scene with like Ed 209 is like a demonstration where... It's a military demonstration, a demonstration for a, like a board, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, to finance this thing and get this project off the ground, and then the Omni consumer product, and then get it into military applications. But it's still just a t- a presentation, and yet we give this man a gun. We say, "Hey, threaten the fucking ro- uh, security robot," like it was some kind of like hold up or something like that. And it looks like he loads a gun. Now, maybe he's, you know, making sure the gun isn't loaded. I I didn't pay that much attention, so maybe it has nothing in it. But, yeah, he goes, looks at the gun, hands this man a real gun. The guy threatens the robot, and then it tells him to put his gun down, in which case he throws it to the floor, which I think I would have thrown it away, not towards the thing, but whatever. Uh, or just put the gun down. Just bend you know, over the, and put if, it down. If the thing gives you twenty seconds, I'm not fucking around doing anything, doing it slowly. I'm getting the gun out of my fucking hand. <laughs> All right, like, when look, you throw I'm it and you it shoot yourself room. in the foot, don't come fucking. I have to no me, gun right? training. I'm allowed to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's look, called just... a conscience. It's called common sense. <laughs> All right, this man. I didn't know how to hold gun. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm businessman. Yes no. I have no time for public I'm safety. I'm gonna grab the thing by the barrel and whip it like a boomerang out of the out of the <laughs> room. That's what I'm doing. I'm, gonna just, I'm just gonna throw the gun at him after he tells me to put it down. <laughs> like I said, not towards. Oh wait, I might hit a board member. I don't care. I'm I'm not getting shot by the fake the, the robot who shouldn't be loaded with actual bullets because the thing malfunctions and starts, still presents the guy as a threat and it's still counting down, which is scary as shit. That that thing is still counting down. You're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. But once again, you would think for a test that they wouldn't load this thing with actual bullets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think a... it'd be, like, just, look, best case scenario, it should have been blanks. Worst case scenario, it's like prison riot equipment where it's really intense rubber well, pellets no, where it's, it's going to fuck you up. But at least well, you don't die. It should have, it should have <laughs> like, shot him and you should have heard, like, a, just a... Da, 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 da. As nothing shoots out. The <laughs> 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 question is like, That's how guns if they have all this technology, why didn't they That's have like, like a a test area and then just like you don't have a here's live from the test area? Oh, because <laughs> that yeah, a pre-recorded one would have been a way smarter idea. But it, I do like the dramatic presentation of having this thing in the office to do that. That's cool, but it fails spectacularly. I think everyone said he fumbled the ball, like as a common saying for how how much that that uh, presentation really shit the bed. Do you want to know where that idea came from for Ed Two Hundred Nine, the Bill writer of this movie? Tippets or whatever he said his name was. No, 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 no. <laughs> so the writer of this movie legitimately created this robot and these scenes 
just because he would have daydreams where it's just like, man, like in a meeting is like, what if a robot just crashed in and shot all of us right now? <laughs> like those are like the constant like like ideas he'd have in his head. So he's just like. I'm gonna put this in a movie. That sounds like the and kind of like questions I would ask you uh, when we work together. Like, exactly. What if you saw exactly. a monster in the horizon, but it was so uh, large it was the horizon? <laughs> you remember that one? It's like the yes, I do, and I love that question. It was. It's like the like middle school uh, equivalent of Daydream. Was just like, man, what if like this? Like, what if I like just saved the whole school right now by myself? From some, I don't know, insert plot point here, uh, like type of daydream, and it was just. Uh, I think you're. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of like the most relatable thing I've heard so far. You're telling me I need to write for an Eldridge mm. horror movie now. <laughs> yes, I feel like you should, Kaz. All right, send me the script. We'll make it happen. Sure. Be a great movie. Be a great movie. It'll be the Eldridge equivalent to Sharknado. Everyone will love it. I'm going to go for the Eldridge equivalent to RoboCop. <laughs> Coming this fall, Cthulhu Shark. Oh, that does sound like a sci-fi movie. Cthulhu Shark, no. Oh, man, we're going to get picked up by sci-fi so quickly no, after this episode No one is comes safe out. on the beach of Raleigh. <laughs> it's just a really shitty redo of the Jaws theme, too. Oh, imagine the beach of Raleigh is fucking shit. You're just walking and someone else is on the beach, but it's going diagonal. You're like, how? <laughs> Everything's wet, but in a super slimy way. Oh, like, you don't man. get to just walk on normal yeah, sand. Like, nothing is wet. It's viscous. <laughs> oh, viscous. <laughs> anyway, back to Robocop. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, that that goes pretty bad, and then we get our guy. Um, I think his name was Robert or Bobby. Uh, I think it was was it was it Bobby? Because yeah, there was there was two guys. I remember towards the end when he gets killed, and they're saying his name. Um. Oh, uh, yeah, his name is Bob Morton. There you go. Oh, I knew it was Bob, Bob because Bob. I remember I was like, didn't we already kill a Bobby with a Do you fly, Bobby? <laughs> Which we have to <laughs> also have to get to Kurtwood Smith's character later too, because he. Is so fun in this movie. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I now recognize how I knew the actor who played Bob Morton. He was in the seminal classic film Blank Check for the Disney Channel. Really? I don't know what that is. Yes, he was that sink. Dude, Blank Check was one of those films with the dumbest plot where it was like, what if a kid was given a blank check and just wrote a million dollars on it? And the <laughs> bank just said, yeah, sure, why not? I love when a movie just embraces the air, but, well, there's no rule against this. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, I'm not going to stop the kid, so uh, here, give him a billion dollars. So, so Bob comes in, and he has the RoboCop program in his back pocket, and so he proposes this, and he's like, yeah, we can get it up in, like, 90 days. And uh, everyone else in the company is like... Hot shit, man. You're going over Dick's head, who was the guy who came up with Ed 209. Uh, and they're like, mm -hmm. um, oh, shit, man. He's going to he's gonna roast your fucking ass, dude. And he's like, whatever, man. He's the old blood. It's time for the new guys to come in here. I'm not afraid of him. Oh, man. And he promises to make his life a dick. Confronts him in the restroom. 
A guy just decides, fuck it, this piss isn't important enough. Zips up, pisses his pants, leaves, everyone else gets out of there, and Dick just goes and has, like, they have the most, like, threatening business conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone knows, like, when you really want to threaten a corporate member, you do it in the bathroom. Dick's oh. out and everything. It's it really shows who has the power in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the boomer insults that he mentions. Oh yeah, Nan has a good point. He says he does touch his face without washing his hands. That's a re- oh yeah, real, yeah, that's right. Oh, real yeah, power play on that one. Either <laughs> you know, you know that dude was just touching himself with that hand, so he made sure to just wipe it all over that dude's face. Oh. Really assert the dominance of the corporate bathroom and. uh I, I love the boomer insults that he says, oh, yeah, I used to give my old, you know, mentor some shit. Used to call him stuff like boner. I'm like, who? oh, God, is such an what? old, like, who's, who says that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love how this movie came out in the 80s and that already sounded old. <laughs> in the 80s, like, I'd call him a boner. Well, I mean, it probably was funny back then. I don't know. It's like some, like, what I think of, like, Bart Simpson's level humor. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> So I just like the character, like the Dick character, Dick Jones, like obviously already ga- great name for a bad guy. Duh. Like, how did we not realize that? Like every bad guy just needs to be named Dick Jones. Uh, do you actually find him menacing though? Eh, not really. Oh, or am I, uh, do you, do you join me on the side where it's like, I kind of find this dude is like hilarious. Like, yeah, he did get that one murder done, but man, it kind of feels like he thought nothing through throughout the entirety yeah, of this movie. He's a, he's a snake. He's an opportunist, but he has ambition. And so that's that's the that's he's a corporate guy. So did Bob yeah. Morton. He also had ambition but and was a snake. He just, yeah, he just seems more like I'm business evil, but not evil evil. So it's like okay, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, he, He's a guy in you know, who has a lot of power and a lot of prospects, so um, he he will eat you if you try to like you know get anything above uh, you know over on him. Just you set up, I like what I liked about this movie is they set up Dick Jones as like one of his like main villains, right? And you're like thinking to yourself like this is a corporate villain, which means there's always going to be that next guy that shows up, and that's Kurtwood Smith with his Boddicker. Because, man, does this character just come out of nowhere with the most insane phrases, just screaming his head off most of the film. (laughs) I like it because, like, yeah, when the part where, like, RoboCop, I'm sorry, it wasn't even RoboCop at the time, but when um, Murphy and uh, Lewis are chasing him and they're in the squad car and they, they, you know, are ready to get them, whatever, and, you know, nothing, and then they, like, injure, like, one of the guys and as they're, you know, kind of, I guess, reloading or whatever, uh, they're, you know, they're being chased and they're behind them, whatever. He just gets one of his henchmen who was injured and he just tells him, do you fly, Bobby? And he just throws, he throws <laughs> his ass into the windshield. <laughs> and sure, I think he just rolls off. But in my head, they just turn on the fucking, like, windshield wipers, wipe him away and keep driving. <laughs> they do just keep driving, though. Yeah. After th- oh, yeah. It's the equipment. Just, like, push the... Push the body off, let's keep going. Listen, in Utopia, Detroit, there's no time. There's no time. They didn't even call an ambulance. 
They didn't even call for backup. They chased they chased Clarence Boddicker all the way to like their hideout, and there's dangerous. They don't know where they could be hiding, but they're like, yeah, should we wait? Nah, let's just go the fuck in there. I guess yeah. we're just two cops. We'll be fine. Yeah, they're the main they're the main characters, so you wouldn't expect something bad to happen to them. <laughs> but she gets knocked out because she corners a guy who's taking a piss. And he, uh, he knows how to distract her. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got this. There's nothing better than Boddicker coming through the door, though, and just like, all right, bitches leave. Yeah. And then just starts <laughs> threatening Bobby. Yeah, because we, we got <laughs> Bob with so these two funny. ladies. And him just coming in and just like, oh, shit. It's, what, do you, what do you want, man? And he just says, bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> so the amount of confidence this man has as he just walks it into so the room. Funny that one of them was just like, "So you're gonna call me back later?" It's like I don't think he's gonna call you ever. At this point, it's one of those situations where she's like, "Herself, it's like he's gonna be fine. He'll call I, me." I gotta, I gotta Google to see if there's like a someone that did an edit where it's just like Red Foreman doing, like, Clarence Boddicker lines instead. <laughs> like, that's got to exist, right? Surely it would have to, like... He just goes in, oh. he just goes into the basement where they're all getting high and shit, and he just, like, tells Jackie and, and uh, Donna to get out of there by saying, bitches, leave. <laughs> <laughs> he also also leaves because, naturally, he knows. He gets it. <laughs> Slaps Hyde in the face. He's just like, listen to me, dicky boy. <laughs> <laughs> I need this edit. Uh, if it doesn't exist, Tucker. <laughs> oh my god! Poor Fez would get the worst of it. <laughs> Actually, Clarence Boddicker does have a a very diverse group with him, man. Oh yeah, he's all for diversity, like in the workplace. <laughs> it's just you know, it's diversity in terms of. Like, people, he just doesn't work with women because, you know, he's a misogynist. He's not a racist. This is utopian Detroit. There's a clear difference. <laughs> In utopian Detroit, racism solved. Misogyny? We'll get around to it. We're still working on it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. These are one of those episodes where, like, I'm going to think back on us recording this and be like, I said some terrible things here. <laughs> well, on that note, so uh, so she catches this, this uh, one of his henchmen taking a piss. And this guy has the greatest, I think we all agreed on it, he has the greatest Joker laugh. Like, this guy is cackling like oh, a hyena oh all the time. Gosh, he's, Thru yeah, he does have a great Joker Throughout laugh. the movie. So but right good. now, he's just taking a piss, and so... Uh, you know, she has him, like, put his hands up, turn around, whatever, and he very flirtatiously says, like, can I zip at least kind of thing, like, giving her just a really, like, knowing smile, and as soon as he goes for the zipper, she gets a, she, she, she's, the curiosity, it's too much for her, she gets a glimpse down, and that's when he takes his time to strike, and he knocks her, uh, kind of gives her a good whack, and she knocks her, falls off onto, the, like, this platform. I don't know why he seems to assume that he, like, I guess, he doesn't say she, he killed her, but he says, I took her out. But, like, this man does not believe in the double tap or making sure, you know? 
He's just like, what? I think he was like, let's be real. Like, would you believe in the double tap situation that one moment when you just realized, I cannot believe that fucking word. I mean, <laughs> like, you are legitimately Lord. caught with your pants on your ankles. And your dick, dick saved your everything. life. <laughs> your fucking dick saved your life. Look, in like, Detroit, dick works. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> Once again, we're back to the misogyny of Utopia Detroit. Is like their fucking like town like motto in Utopia Detroit. Dick works. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I should not have been having a sip at the time when you said that. (laughs) 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 I'm not not okay right now. Plenty of time passed between him. Uh, knocking her off the platform and uh, meeting up back with Clarence's group as they uh, turn the tides on on Murphy because he has one of the henchmen uh, or two of them I think held at gunpoint Uh, but then once again this is why you need backup there's so many people around them that he gets surrounded very quickly loses the gun and is now has all of their guns trained on him Hey man, you know, sometimes in life you just have to have that record scratch moment, which is like, yeah, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got here. It all started <laughs> when I transferred from Raccoon City. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the, fi- the, the, the frying pan and into the fire. And that's when Kurt Woodsmith just gives the execution orders. <laughs> and yeah, they... They make a fucking Swiss cheese out of this man. They, as you said, they blow off his hand. Uh, oh, dude, that was and that that legitimately like took me by surprise. Just how real they made that situation. Like this man's entire head is just mangled into nothing. That was just. It just looked. It was. It's just so much gore to it. It's just like holy hell. Yeah. Like the bone just like breaking out and everything. I ugh. they uh. I'm not usually someone that is like squeamish when watching movies. Like, of course, films like that push it as far as they can will get to me. But like, just the like this one moment was enough to really mess with me. Yeah, and then and he's wearing body armor, but they're shooting him at such close range with so many bullets that it's. It doesn't hold up very long before you just see just squibs popping out of this man. Just blood everywhere as this man is just being uh, riddled with bullets. First day, first mission on the job in Utopia, Detroit. Uh, Well, we wanted to give you better body armor, but uh, (laughs) the budget ran out. Body armor does just look like padding. It just... (laughs) OCP was really in was really working hard on Ed two oh nine. Okay, like we couldn't be spending money on cops. Like, what? I think that. Also, do we want to talk about the underlying plot of like a police strike going on here in Utopia, Detroit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The police aren't being supported enough. They feel like their lives are in danger, and you have like the camp of people who are just like, "What? Eat your jab. You took the jab to be like under the line of fire." Uh, you know, but like that's not the scariest part here. It's like the future that it is showing that really could happen, where it's like they are like the police are not a public uh, group anymore. They are a privatized group 
owned by OCP. Like, imagine your cops owned by a corporation, so you're only given what the corporation will pay for. That is a scary We already cut corners enough as it is. Imagine how, like, we're going to walk, we're, we're definitely going to walk around with some cops with Nerf guns and everything. It's like, yeah, it's fine, don't worry. cut corners with cops? Some of these, some of these motherfuckers got like tanks and like and, I, and like riot gear. <laughs> they have things that are meant for like SWAT squads, and they just have it. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Until you're out. Never yeah, mind. Don't even, Let's you know what? They don't even legally have a duty to protect you. This is already That's a right. thing that can happen today. <laughs> Yep, never yes. mind, guys. Sorry, oh, we're already in dystopian America. Being like, fuck that, that looks dangerous. I'm going to just call someone else. <laughs> and this is the episode where all hope of my future died. <laughs> yeah. Flash forward 20 years from now, they got water guns. <laughs> it's over. I feel safer. I would, I would, yeah, now that you've really pointed out to me, it's like, you know what? My Nerf gun idea sounds really great, actually. <laughs> The ones that shoots like the little like little uh, yellow foam balls, like get out of here, perp, thump, 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 thump. <laughs> ah, quit it, sorry, quit it. <laughs> Loops <laughs> looks super tactical until you have to see them like picking up all of them so they can put it back in the little canister. Yeah. someone cover me, I'm reloading. <laughs> thump, 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 thump. <laughs> It's utter devastation downtown with the shootout as Nerf guns are flying across the sea. Pulls out, like, the fifty caliber equivalent of a Nerf gun, just, like, sets it up on its stand, and it's like, cover me, boys, I'm laying down fire. Guys, I'm out of foam, foam balls. I'm switching over to the suction cup arrows. <laughs> God, could you imagine if, like, all crime and all, like, police force and, like, law enforcement just decided one day it's, like, it's Nerf guns or it's nothing? I, I think it, it should be, like, a, one of those, like, modern warf- warfare games that should just have a mode where it's all Nerf guns. <laughs> and then, like, when you lose, your character just kind of falls to the ground and has to, like, crawl out of there. Like, I'm out, guys. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm down. And then by the end of it, whoever's left standing, he's like, all right, guys, crime won today, so crime isn't charged until tomorrow's fight. <laughs> Search and destroy, but just dart or revenge. I think we just made a new Battle Royale game. Let's, 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 let's work with Nerf and get this, you know, off the ground before anyone else calls dibs. Uh, so yeah, this is horrifying for Murphy because yeah, he gets into the situation that I don't think he was quite prepared for in this town that he wasn't quite prepared for gets fucking murderized. Like by the end of it, the last shot is the, like his fucking head, uh, as Bodiger like gets his finishing kill, uh, finishing shot. And yet somehow he's still alive. Lewis, I think, takes him to a hospital or calls a hospital. I forgot. But either way, they just... No, actually, they don't even explain it. His vision just goes out as he dies. And then you see, like, the static of a screen as, like... Oh, no, I think you see him in the hospital. Yeah, you see him in the hospital as they're trying to work on him. And then, like, as his, like, his vision state fades to black and they pronounce the time of his death. And then suddenly static and you see a screen. He can't move. He can't do anything. But people are looking at him. 
and tell it, say, talking about stuff like, oh, yeah, we need to prepare him. Uh, oh, I told you to ditch the his remaining arm. He's going to be all robotic. Cut off the arm. And uh, stuff like, oh, we're going to wipe his memory, so don't worry. He, even if he can hear us, he won't remember it. Like That has to be the most horrifying experience. It reminded me of the episode of Tales in the Creep Show with the brain dead. Tales in the Creep? Brother. Tales in the Creep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the episode with the two brothers where like one of them has a serum that will... Uh, makes you look like you're cause you, uh, medically dead. Makes you look like medically dead, but like oh. you can still see every see here and like think about everything that's going on around you. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was one of the scariest episodes I'd ever seen. It was. That's basically what you're explaining, though, and like that. That really was unsettling. I. Because that's like that's like an honest fear I feel like everyone feels when they're about to go under the knife for any sort of surgery. It's like, what if I What wake if it up? doesn't put me to sleep? Exactly. Oh, like that is a legit fear. Yeah. So every time they use that, like <laughs> I oh I, I have chills. I feel like I want to throw up a little bit, you know? Just like over here, like, all right, I don't need demons or anything. I just need like Bad medical practice, and that's what's going to get me in a horror film. Either of y'all have sleep right. paralysis? I do. It's... Yeah. Okay, so Ace knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, like... I do. Oh, wow. I do. I do not know. I do not have sleep paralysis. Oh, okay. Like, that scene just. <laughs> I didn't even think about it at first, but yeah, like, there have been times where I've just had sleep paralysis. It's just so horrifying. And in this scene, it makes me think about that because it's like. As they're create turning him into Robocop, I'm just thinking like, just to have to, even if you're alive by a fraction, just to have to feel every cut or every gear or motor being put on, it just sounds horrible. Yeah. What was yeah, with you, that you, lady that was weirdly in love with Robocop, though? I think it's, well, I don't know that she was uh, in love with, I think she was just... You know, it was during, like, a New Year's party and everyone was drunk, and I think she was just excited about this project. Plus, if you don't see his weird face and how it's preserved and you just see, like, with the visor and just the lips, or, you know, the jaw, you're like, you know what? I'll kiss it. <laughs> yeah, actually, got that mysterious look. Yeah. That's one of the reasons Peter, uh, well, one of the, like, big reasons he was cast as Robocop was, uh... He had a great lower jaw. (laughs) Well, one, he wasn't asking for a high salary for this movie. And two, yeah, the director looked at him and was like, he's got a good chin. He has just got a great freaking chin. I'm going to say, when he's got his visor on everything, that man's got a great lower jaw. He's got a good chin. It's one of those things you look at. It's just like, hey, man, you could cut a door with that thing right there. It's beautiful. It's all about the chin work. (laughs) Are you a chin model? (laughs) I'm pretty pretty sure I see you in, like, shaving ads, right? Like, I see the lower half of your face only. (laughs) He is also a pretty man before getting, you know, fucking rinsed with bullets. With his really cool yeah. uh, holster trick. Yeah, he does the little like flip, the, uh, you know, the gun twirling thing that he learned from what was it like AJ Zapper or something like that. Sounds about right. It's like the most Western thing I've ever seen, but it was like it's from the sci-fi show my kid liked. It's just like 
okay. I guess that's what goes on in Utopia. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you, know. you know, there's those, those those old like sci-fi things that are kind of like just space westerns. That, that is I, true. I can see that. That is true. Like you know, like a serial like yeah, Flash Gordon kind of stuff. Hmm. I've never seen Flash Gordon. You haven't seen the movie? I, like as as you're talking about it, I'm just like I'm thinking to myself it's like you know I might not have ever really seen like a western style sci-fi. Okay, film. I mean you know. I think the closest I've gotten to is like the first thirty minutes of Cowboys versus Aliens. And well, you've seen like, Cowboy Bebop. You know what? Oh, yeah. Raise a good point. Cowboy Bebop's yeah, space yeah, That's a great point. That is that is the that is a great freaking point. Never yeah. mind. Never and mind. And then yeah, I grew up with like Firefly, but you know. And I saw I did see Flash Gordon in the movie, so I didn't watch the serial because I'm not uh, eighty. <laughs> 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 I only know the song, and it's just because, like, wow, I cannot believe this. Because Queen went went hard. That's why you know the song. Because Queen Queen went hard. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) 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 I feel like we haven't actually even really talked about RoboCop, though. Like, the concept of RoboCop... The, like, things RoboCop does, RoboCop's story. It's just there's, like, really so many colorful characters for this movie in and of itself. Yeah. That you just... It's it's interesting to see how this, like, plays out with its main character. Like, you want everybody dead. It's just they're really enjoyable when they're there on the screen, too. Right. That's true, but they do all die. They do all die, and it's pretty satisfying. Actually, it's pretty satisfying, even when he, even though he's not killed in this scene... It's pretty satisfying when RoboCop's throwing Clarence through, like, all the windows ever. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, no. When Emil get, uh, crashes through the toxic waste canister. Oh, Yeah. Man. Yeah. The, what was so, that? There was I nothing that know. set this up for the yeah. movie, okay? Like, yes, we had, like, a little bit of surgery, but, like, I was not ready for this, was... like, reanimator bullshit. <laughs> I just saw it. I was like, wow, this movie went from cop... <laughs> robotic cop to mutant army real fast like uh what happened <laughs> i just i i have no idea i have no idea what was happening so uh, yeah once again i saw this as a kid so i just kind of rolled with it didn't question anything but like yeah seeing as adult i'm like yeah like i don't know where this toxic avenger ass came from but i was like <laughs> i'm not gonna ruin this for y'all i'm just gonna like as soon as it goes i'm like oh it's happening you guys are gonna see some fucked up shit <laughs> Dude, like I, I'm so glad that never got ruined for me because like my genuine reaction yeah. during He's that sequence. Horrible melted oh, wow. wax of a man that just looks like shit. Poor He's guy. wailing in pain. Like we we made a joke about like uh you writing like an Eldritch story, but like that special effect out of nowhere was from like I could name so many different cosmic horror films that use that exact style of like melted person look and it just it comes from left field like it literally like nothing sets this up nothing gets you ready for this like amount of body horror that only happens in 30 seconds the most we have seen is like Bobby's kneecaps get blown out uh we watch a dude's hand get blown off like we see a lot of gun wounds and I'm like, okay, at least you're kind of prepared for that. But watching Emil climb out like, basically screaming, kill me. And then, of course, getting hit by the car. And it's not like a corpse hitting a car and, like, flying off. He is so soft now, like, soft boy energy. 
from this yeah. toxic it waste. A, That's his superpower. It becomes a Gallagher fucking show. Oh, it just explodes. He explodes like a Gallagher melon. Yeah. Like, it's so wild. It's just a meal I, everywhere. <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there. A meal will be with us always and forever. What was that? I don't, it's just like... See from over, like you get a piece of a meal, you get a piece of a meal, you get a piece of a meal, <laughs> and you're all gonna pay taxes on that shit. <laughs> oh man, what is the tax for owning a piece of like, I, uh, I don't know. indistinguishable, radioactive, Frankly, like indistinguishable human see. meat? Probably ten k and up. I don't. I don't want to own a piece of a meal. <laughs> Frankly, I think it would be detrimental to my health. Yeah, I feel like uh, like sleeping next to a piece of a meal might get you cancer in the future. Yeah, you might need some form of radioactive protection or a box. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're talking about the horrors of RoboCop, and yeah, it's this man who was killed in action. They said, oh, well, he signed a waiver when he signed his contract, so we're allowed to do whatever we want with him. So they bring this man back to life, put robotic parts to him, wipe his memory-ish, and then they're like, yeah, we're just going to put him back to service as a cop again because this corporation can afford to pay for this little project. In 90 days, too, which is crazy. And yeah, we're just going to feed this thing baby baby food, send it out to dispense justice. It's fine. It's fine, right? It's, it doesn't have a name. He's, he's RoboCop. And yeah, he kind of dispenses justice super hard. But at this point, though, <laughs> how much humanity does like Alex Murphy have left as RoboCop? That's the real That's question. some... It's creeping there. He does have some, It's creeping there in the like, back of his brain. But it comes more to the forefront. And he has... It's so weird because even when he starts to know who he is and have an identity again, he... Uh, he how does he describe his... He's, he said something about, like, I don't remember them, uh, my wife and child, but I feel them. Yeah, I feel them in me, and I was like, "Uh." <laughs> that was a very weird sense. I was like, uh, "What's that supposed to be?" That's. I feel like when I heard that, like I interpreted it as like, it's, it's that idea, like when, like without going too hard, like imagine like when you lose like your first pet. And you get to that age to where you cannot remember the face of your first pet. You don't remember what oh. they look like. You remember you had them, but there's this emptiness in you now because you can't even remember what they look like. You just feel that something is supposed to be uh. there. I interpreted that as like an emotional emptiness that's been uh, weighing on him because he he knows something is supposed to be there. Like... A, a love, a spark, a feeling, and memory to go with it, but all he gets is this like fragmentation of his life beforehand, and just nothing. Like he he has to live with that for a little. I feel bit. like you're almost saying, you're without saying the words, uh, you're almost saying how how I interpreted it 
is I interpret because he's like all of his body has been replaced. That I almost feel like much like the rest of his body, his memory of his family is like a phantom limb. It's there. It's vestigial. It's like you feel it's a part of you, but it's not there anymore. So like mm-hmm. people who have like phantom limb pain or you know like a missing limb and like you move you you feel like you're moving your fingers but you're missing that whole arm kind of thing. Because I mean he still has his brain. Like yeah. his brain has to be active for this to work. Yeah. So it it just has to be like the brain's like response to knowing something's missing. Like just like you're saying with the vestigial like or like the phantom arm. Um, or just like the concept of a broken heart, you know, like your heart doesn't actually hurt. It's just your mind creating that pain because it feels like it's the reaction it needs. So when he talks about that, that's really kind of just like what I got from it, where it was like, it, it was an honest cry about pain. Yeah. But, but he doesn't feel the same way anymore. <laughs> no, like yeah. I, I bet you anything. Like if we introduced him to like, and we didn't make like a real, like a kind of like if we tried to make a serious sequel to a movie like this, like if he met, like realistically in my head, like if he met like his ex-wife and child, he would remember them, but he would not feel anything for them anymore. Like he knows he would probably should, but like it'll be a realization that like that's just never gonna be his life again. Yeah. yeah. Because, like I said, like th- these memories of them are there. Like he, he they're not going to just fully go away. But it's like there's not mm-hmm. not much he can do about it now because this is just where we are. Like his wife has already; she thought he was dead for a long time, so she's gone and started a new life. So it's like that time is gone. So there's not all that exists now is robot cop. There is no going back to the the life there's just the job now you're the programming <laughs> there's, the pro- yeah. there's just the there's only the directives yeah. now but, but at least I, I i guess at least there is that kind of ray of hope for him at the end of the movie when uh the ceo of ocp asks like who are you uh and he instead of saying like i'm robocop he says i'm murphy yeah like, so he does know his name again and is, like... So, I guess, going back to my question, like, there is still some humanity left with him, with his memories, but the question is, like, is it enough to still consider him human? Yeah. They, they still also have that iconic uh, moment where, like, you know, they set up the whole, like, him twirling the guns thing because he wanted to be a hero to his son. Uh, and then even before he remembers who he is fully... Uh, he instinctively does the the gun twirling thing as RoboCop mm-hmm. to show that. Which yeah, you're right. That is a little bit of exam- Murphy like a, still in there. Yeah, that was the clue that lets his partner know that yeah. like that, that's who he is. Now, whether he's still human or not, I don't know. But he's still Murphy. <laughs> if that makes sense, he is still Murphy. <laughs> All right. Now we talked about the horrors of RoboCop. Let's talk about some fucking street justice, man. Shots to the dick. Sound the party alarms. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy, he goes, this guy's fucking holding up this like old couple at this like uh, convenience store. 
And he gives the he gives the guy a warning. He tells him like, you know, hey, put the gun down. You're under arrest and all that stuff. And the guy starts just blasting at RoboCop. And this is where we first see how fucking great his armor is because did nothing. This guy unloads the whole fucking thing, realizes that's not working, and just tries to book it. To which RoboCop, uh, is that where he clotheslines the guy, or was that later? Yeah, he, yeah, he he straight he, up clotheslines him. Bash. <laughs> He has hands that could break every ha- uh, bone in your hand. Like, he's strong. <laughs> and then he throws this guy through, like, one of those, like, little, like, ice uh, ice bag, like, little, like, uh, uh, freezers. And he oh, may be dead. We don't gosh. know. <laughs> this is like, I'm sure the, the other cops will take care of it. I've dispensed street justice. We're good here. <laughs> He thanks them for their compliance, goes about his day, stops another crime. Who wants to set up this crime? Because it's kind of rough to talk oh about. Oh, my God. <laughs> it oh, is a very man. rough sequence to talk about because, like, it's that situation where it starts off with a woman just running away from two men. So we know exactly what's about to happen. And they even specify with, like, as she throws her purse away, they're just like, we don't want your money. And that's, like, that'll send a shiver down your spine because you know exactly what's about to happen. So... It looks like all things are going to go bad. RoboCop shows up. Lights are on on like his car. He's like, step away from the citizen. And what the dude, like one of the dudes throws the girl to the other one who has a knife. So he can like hold her at like knife point to get him to back down. And we just see his like robotic vision kind of like he's, he's targeting. Like he's trying to find that perfect shot. And we're wondering like, what is he going to do? Like what, what can we do? She's wearing... A skirt. Like a sundress kind of thing or something like that. Like a sundress or like kind of pencil skirt addition to like her whole outfit, right? So she, he straight up shoots straight between her legs through the skirt where it does not hit her, but gets this dude right in the dick. <laughs> you don't even know. You just see a shot and you're like, what the hell? And then like as he lets go of her, she walks away. You just see just blood. It's just, it's just a red oh. crotch. <laughs> And every guy collectively went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but let's be real. That's the real justice that right there. Fucking coming. <laughs> that guy had yeah, it coming. That guy had it coming. And then just to make it even better to really know that RoboCop's just doing his job, after shooting this man in the dick just goes, have a good night, citizen. Well, <laughs> and like, also, no, no he doesn't. Like, she yeah. she throws himself at him to like, just like, oh my gosh, thank you and everything. And he just looks and like, I will report this to a yeah, rape crisis like, You're center. suffering emotional just, trauma right now. I will report <laughs> to a rape crisis center. And then it's just like, goodbye. <laughs> uh, I'm honestly more shocked that the guy's partner just got, a, got off easy. Can, like, both I, of them. Yeah. can I just get because a Because the other one will never get off like ever a, again. Hey-o! Hey-o! <laughs> Can I just get a RoboCop sequence where it's just like a montage of street justice to the song? Like, I need a hero. Oh no, I think the RoboCop thing works yeah. it's, uh, on its own with the da 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 I just need that. And then there's the third bit of street justice where it's like a hostage situation. Oh yeah, is the guy? His demands are just so ridiculous. Like. I need a car that that has bad gas mileage. I'm just like, mileage. what? <laughs> we'll get you the six thousand sucks. SUX, my bad. 
then, as he's shouting some ads, Robocop just bashes through the wall to grab him. <laughs> just like a horror movie situation, just tosses him out the window. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he bulges his ass about the window, which is not is is not as high as I thought it was, but still, like, jeez, Robocop, it's just like (laughs) the news is just hailing him as like the best type of cop, and it's like, did you not see the people he's murdered? (laughs) Oh my gosh! And then like the moment too at the end uh, of of that sequence when like. Uh, Bob is talking to the press just like we're estimating an end to crime in 40 days in Utopia, Detroit just like, well, you know when you're dispensing justice like that, a lot of people are like, you know what I'm just gonna stay inside today you know what, fuck the Batman, I'm afraid of that fucking guy, man (laughs) like, you know what I think I'm just gonna not commit a crime today, uh you know what, I will take emotionally unstable orphan over Robotic super yeah, cop. Yeah. Could you imagine just you and the boys are going to commit crime? You're going to rob a bank, and suddenly you walk out. You're at gunpoint. You're, you're you're holding like the cop at gunpoint, and then he shoots all six of you in the dick. Just right, <laughs> right all at once, and you just everyone's just holding their dicks on the floor, just like oh, this was a bad night out, boys. This was a bad. Night- <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea that Robocop's signature move is shooting people in the dick. He is the dick. I mean, no no one would commit a crime ever again. No, it wouldn't. You wouldn't. Like, It's 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 that moment from Spaceballs where he has the ring out. Everyone goes, oh shit, and they just cover their dicks. Please, just take me in. I give up. Oh, <laughs> Utopian Detroit has now been filled with crime by the women population. <laughs> I mean, the, the... no, he believes in equal justice. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if those commercials were true and you could get a custom-made like sports heart, you can get yourself a special oh. prosthetic or robotic dick. It's fine. <laughs> The synthetic stuff is longer anyways. Oh, no. Oh, no. And that is when the villain of the true villain of this movie series was born. Robocop versus Robodick. Oh, God. <laughs> God. He gets a bulletproof prosthetic. <laughs> what is Robocop okay. to do? That's when he starts giving bullet colonoscopies. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, robotics, uh, phallic objects. <laughs> I am in a lot of pain right um, now. <laughs> so Robocop has this cool ass like hacking spike that he's got, and they show it like later when he's when he kind of uh, catches him, well sees a meal, but he gets away. I think. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, he does. He does get away. But like, yeah, with that, he's able to like at least get uh, a face, and so he plugs into this computer. Uh, is able to get all known associates, and that's where he finds Clarence Boddicker has his weird, weird flashback where he remembers getting shot in the head. Uh, and then, yeah, you're like, okay, well, that's a cool thing he's got. That fucking ha- hacking spike comes back. That's what he uses to finish off Clarence, which is kind of a little poetic. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't prepared uh, for Chekhov's spike. <laughs> Chekhov's hacking spike. Yeah, that was... 
That was definitely unexpected. But here's the thing, like, so is that a callback to the ideas invented by that were used in Star Wars with like droids that could do that, like hacking with the little stick they would have? Or is that from something else? Because I feel like I've seen like a hacking spike like that before. Or someone just, like, shoved a nail in a computer and obviously everything's I, done now. You know, I don't know that it's a specific reference, and if it is, I, I, I probably have RoboCop as my reference, so if it's... I would you probably... I, what's going to happen when I Google hacking but I was going to say, spike. I think Deus Ex has items called hacking spikes that allow you to hack easier, <laughs> which uh, I did say when he busted through the wall to grab that... Uh, guy holding hostage i did say he fucking deus ex his ass because that's something you can do as adam jensen in fucking human revolution never played deus ex so i mean yeah adam no. jensen is basically robocop because he does have like a fucking arm blade that comes out you can use anyways that's not important but yeah basically can you shoot people in the partly dick synthetic uh if your aim is good <laughs> then all right he is basically yeah, robocop yeah. it probably took a lot of inspiration i'm sure but um <laughs> And then yeah, he's he's part robot, part man. Um, that's fine. Um, I do have. Okay, well, I guess before I ask this question, um, how about that ending? I think we allu- we alluded to it, but like, yeah, RoboCop's prime directive is to like serve the public trust, um, prevent crime, stop crime, uphold the law, uh, uphold the law and protect the innocent. Uh, and then he has a fourth directive, which they just have question mark, question mark, because we like to have mystery <laughs> surprises. Ooh, I have a directive, but I don't know what it is. That's spicy. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we find out when he kind of goes to arrest Dick because Boddicker, uh says spews the whole thing and says that dude, he's been working uh, with him uh, or for him. Uh, and so when he goes to arrest uh, Dick... Uh, he can't because anyone working for Omnicorp, uh, if he tries, anyone that is a senior executive. Oh, okay, sorry. Anyone a right. senior executive for Omnicorp, if he tries to uh, do anything towards them, uh, he shuts, starts to shut down. And that's where I think we have the second time where Robocop fucks up Ed two oh nine. Well, not okay. Sorry, it's the first time he fucks up Ed two oh nine at the stairs. But like Ed two oh nine fucked up the first scene. <laughs> I like by the third time when he comes back after taking out uh, Boddicker and his men, uh, like, fucking Ed 209's like, you're illegally parked, and he's doing this whole countdown thing. Robocop doesn't even give a shit. He just brings out the fucking anti-material gun, shoots the fucking thing dead until it's just legs. No problems. Oh, that was so good. (laughs) Oh, he's just like, I'm just so... (laughs) This is Robocop's like, I'm too tired for this shit. Uh, but by by the end, he goes confronts Dick uh, to get away. He does the same thing that that uh, other guy holding people hostage, which I think he was like a mayoral candidate. Uh, but like, yeah, he holds like the owner or the the the, the main main president of the company hostage, and he's like, "Yeah, I want a helicopter, and we're gonna get out of here, and I'll let him go once I'm into safety or whatever." And that's when he tells Dick he's fired. Which once he's fired. That means RoboCop can shoot, which, once again, I feel like you can't just fire someone on the spot without there being paperwork, but whatever. It's fine. It's Utopian Detroit. <laughs> we're, we expedite things here. Uh, yes. And so, yeah, RoboCop can shoot him. He Word shoots of mouth him. is good enough for Utopian uh, Detroit. Can you imagine if it was like, um, you can fire him, but it's going to take about 
six to ten business days for that paperwork to get done. Could you imagine that sequence where it's just like this week? So I would have loved that sequence where it's just like you're fired, Dick, and Robocop's just like please process the paperwork and show it to me within two weeks to complete this directive. <laughs> Somebody hand me a pen. <laughs> Who's got the notary? <laughs> and so, yeah, Robocop shoots him. Uh, he falls out a window, grows long spindly arms, and he falls to his death out of the building. What is with that? I don't I know. It's ju- so that, weird. That was the strangest thing. Like, I don't get it. What happened there? What happened in filming that sequence? Why does his arms grow like he's turning into the next big superhero before he dies? I don't get <laughs> great, it. Great superhero, Mr. Longarms. <laughs> he can reach things on a high shelf. Exactly. That's why he didn't last as long. that long. He died instantly. His greatest weakness is his arms aren't that long. Oh, damn. Like, yeah, like, he was a part of the Super Friends, but Superman was like, we can fly, most of us can fly. <laughs> we- and, you know, at the end of the day, it was just they realized you were just trying to get away from getting shot in the dick by RoboCop. <laughs> Aren't we all? I would also join the Super Friends just to avoid getting shot in the dick by RoboCop. Oh, man. I do want to ask a profoundly weird question, and this might be a very unpopular question. Is Paul Verhoeven a good director or a bad director? Because this and Starship Troopers are great movies. But by the end of this movie, you're fist pumping and going, fucking RoboCop, man. He's fucking, he's the shit. Um, And, like, I think you're supposed to think this is a horrible world and horrible things. Uh... (laughs) The corporations still own the fucking place. They're still making bad decisions. And Detroit, Utopian Detroit, isn't that much cleaner. And this is just a dystopia, really. And it's scary and bad. But you're just like, who cares? Fucking RoboCop got the guy. And I could say the same thing for Starship Troopers, where you're supposed to see what a terrible, awful, horrible, cruel world this is. But by the end of it, everyone's walking out like a fascist going like, yeah, man, I'm also going to go fight the Bucks. So is he good or bad at doing the thing? So, okay, here's what I'll say about this director. He is great when it comes to... Well, no, actually, you know what? I think it's a situation where, like... No, honestly, no. Like, it's just that he's gotten lucky, to be honest. Because when this movie was first presented to him... First off, he was not the first pick for this originally this movie was going to be made because jonathan kaplan had signed on to direct this but then left to do project x with matthew broderick so they had to scramble to find a new director a lot of people were refusing to because of the name alone they just didn't want to be associated with the name as stupid as robocop (laughs) you know so they finally went to him and he actually said no he read the script and english is not his first language so he does admit he did not understand any of the satire at all he didn't get it And then the second time he read it, he still wasn't for it until his wife read it and explained to him, there's an entire story that is just going over your head here because you're not understanding what they're trying to get at. So once they explained it, he then decided, okay, fine. Like, I I didn't understand, but like, let me do this. Like, I'll, I'll do this film. But then he wanted to change it. He actually wanted a more serious tone. They had rewritten the film a 
like fourth time to his request and it was like a 98 page script and it was going to have like an intense romance between uh robocop and his partner uh like it was this whole other thing and it wasn't until like the writer had given him a com like a couple comic books for reference and then he reread it read the new script read the old script and realized no this is the way to go so I don't know if it's actually him. Like, I would say that he is a good director. But I feel like it's the writers he works with that work out the best for him. Because he not only directed this movie and Starship Troopers, he directed the original Total Recall. Oh, yeah. That's another one where you're just like, yeah, we fucking saved Mars. But then it's like, did we? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. And and here's the thing. He doesn't write these movies. He just directs oh. these movies because Starship Trooper was again written by the man that wrote RoboCop. He they just worked together again because he knew the style that he wanted. So what you're telling me is they actually work really well together. But the, yes, it's more that like when he picks the right writers, he can make their it's visions. It's just a come matter true. of a perfect synergy. Yeah, but yeah. It's just a matter of by the end of it, did people get the right message? <laughs> Yeah, like, honestly, when it comes to RoboCop and, like, Starship Troopers and, like, asking who I would give the credit to, I'd actually give that credit more to the writer. I know, but like I said, because they wrote my a question story. is more of, like, what what did people come away with it at the end? And I think the problem was that both of these come off as action movies, and so people look at it at surface value, and honestly, I think these movies have more to say than the surface value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, to be honest, it kind of seems like the sequel of this film is really bad because, from what I'm like reading about it, is like the because it doesn't have the original idea anymore. Like it's just an action movie, and it's just like because no one actually understood what the movie was about. Yeah, like I said, people were just getting out of the theater, fist pumping, going, fucking RoboCop, man. Robo Justice. He shot that guy in a dick. <laughs> Telling themselves, like, man, I really wish we had a RoboCop. When it's just yeah. like, oh. When the implications of having oh, a no. RoboCop are horrifying. <laughs> like, how bad did you have to get in society to even need a RoboCop? Well, it all started with the need for Gundam. Not this bipedal robot bullshit again! (laughs) (laughs) We just had to. Yeah, because Robocop 2. (laughs) I'm reading here. By November 1987, Orion had greenlit development of a sequel targeting a PG rating Uh, that would allow children to see the film unaccompanied by adults. It's so funny. I told y'all, like, yeah, they even made, like, a kid's cartoon about it. (laughs) They did! A 12 episode animated series about Robocop. Wow! Released by Marvel Productions. Marvel? All I know is, like I said, there was like one episode where like RoboCop learns that like people sometimes people are treated badly because they're different because he's a robot man. <laughs> and just, I just think that's funny because holy crap! No one got the purpose of this movie. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, episode that we could have our white protagonist feel like he's being an outcast because he's different, and I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's what y'all are going for, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> like, I don't feel so good anymore, guys. Like, that's why I asked. Really bad is right he, now. Is Paul Verhoeven good or is he bad at the thing? I <laughs> nobody comes oh, out of it getting the no. right message. Like, I'm gonna because now that I'm thinking about it, even too, like I'm gonna have to maybe go with bad because I <laughs> feel like people didn't really even understand Starship Troopers too, and that's yes, more in your face Starship about it too. Everyone comes out of that movie of pro-fascist, and that's a problem. <laughs> that's such a problem. Oh no, I gotta lay down, guys. Yeah. Like, I need to go rethink my future. Uh, Sorry, I didn't think this, 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 this question would hit so hard. This one question I do have by the end of this movie that probably won't get it, but I'm just like, what happened? Like you said, like what happened to the cops going on strike? Like did, did that just go on? Did they just stop going on strike? I don't, I don't... Are they just back to work? Or... They don't even answer that question. I, say, I don't, they don't remember the second movie enough. I'm going to say we just swept it under the rug. Cause I don't remember it enough. I'm going to guess that they just swept it under the rug. And was like, oh yeah, that, that, whatever. Cops are back. Like, oh my gosh. I thought I thought Ace was gonna be like, I have one question. How fucking rad is RoboCop? And be like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at some more information about like the reboot of the movie, and uh, Paul Verhoeven even came out and said like, this should not be made until I die because I want to <laughs> see this. <laughs> Oh, I love that kind of dramatic take. That's <laughs> so there's going to be a prequel series coming out for oh, RoboCop yeah. about a young Doug oh, Jones no. and the rise of omni-consumer products. Because that's what I was thinking. Where's my Dick Jones show? Yeah, next you're going to tell me they're going to make like oh, a Batman God. series about the Penguin or something. Like some side mafia character. No one gives a shit about <laughs> getting his own fucking series. Uh, hey, uh, hey, guys. Yeah. We're going to need to talk after this podcast about a potential show coming what? out soon. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, don't worry. It's got the mom from How I Met Your Mother in it. Oh, she seems nice. <laughs> yeah, she seems pretty nice. Except she plays, you know, the daughter of a crime lord, <laughs> who is definitely even more wor- like terrible than her own father. Okay. But yeah, she seems yeah, real yeah. nice. In the show. <laughs> America's sweetheart. I don't even know if she's American. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Ace. Ace. Did you like it? Gotta say, this was a good movie. Had a wasn't sure what to expect going into this, but it was a. One action with some awesome like side characters, which is great. So, over ending bit weird, but I mean overall, I had a good time. Great time. Miss your cause. It's me. Did you like this movie? All right. So, like I told you, I'm the only one who saw this of the three of us ahead of time. So, I but I think even with the South and nostalgia glasses, I would have had a fucking good time because this movie is so fun it's so 80s it's so cheesy and fun but has layers to it 
it's it's good. I do agree with Ace. The ending is a little weak, where it's like, a, yeah, we killed the main bad guy. Robocop, like, practically just gives a thumbs up to the camera and being like, hey, you know, <laughs> we solved crime. Uh, it's a little weak, but um, it's such a good, fun movie. And the practical effects are so good. Um, Squaresies. Sorry, I think we're going French. Yep. Monsieur Squaresies. I don't know French that much. So did you like it? I Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I really liked this movie. This was... I never thought I would watch a movie that would give me the same feeling as watching Super or Starship Troopers for the first time. And this movie was that. Like, the comedy or the satire with, like... The commercials and news reports, the look at like the future of utopian Detroit and what that would look like for all of America as well, and the honest like response that it made me give, like the physical responses, the auditory responses, where I just shouted out because I could not believe what the fuck I was watching on the screen. It was a wild time that... I am so sad no one under no one really understood the message of this movie though. Like it's gonna be a movie that I'm always going to enjoy, but gonna be really sad about at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I, I can't I can't really say anything bad about this movie besides long arms. Long arms makes no sense, but everything else really fun. It was, it was the message about the long arm of the law. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Look, Square, that's just the next Marvel movie. Introducing Long Arms. It's it's the adventures of... Uh, Stretching into justice. It's the <laughs> adventures of Camilla Khan and Long Arms. Look, Marvel fatigue... Like, Marvel is hanging by a thread in the fight against Marvel fatigue. And if they announce that movie, that thread is just gone. It's been burned to nothing. Like, everyone will be like, you know what? I'm good on the MCU for a really long time. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. Ace, what do you got going on in your life? Um, I mean, nothing really special. Just a sketch here or there. You know how it is. Where can people find you if they would like to? You lovely people could find me over at twitch.tv forward slash Scorcher during the week or on Twitter at Scorcher one Wow, it must be so nice to have all of your things pretty uniform like that. That's so easy. It took a lot of work to get that. It's like for us, it's like which one's the underscore and which one's not. Uh, and you can see this podcast live on on Fridays around like 10 uh, Central U.S. time at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two. ND, the word respawn all squished together is one word. Uh, we do variety streams. Uh, Ace, I believe you also do variety streams. What kind of games do you play? Um, let's see. Currently, we just finished uh, Twilight Princess, and I'm almost done with Super uh, Metroid Prime. You're also a crazy, crazy man who does crowd control games, where you allow people to use points or money or whatever to get, bring your Dark Souls character down to one health, man. <laughs> Or you could be mid-boss fight and get sent to the credits. <laughs> yeah, choices were made. Not, not great. <laughs> Insanity, sir. We uh, play... 
Uh, Externi Chronicle games. We're been working on that. Finish Divinity. So me and Bubs are gonna work on uh, uh, on Mondays. We're gonna do uh, Resident Evil 4, where we're both gonna have one half of a controller. That's fun. Land does oh, a I lot of wild hearts um he's become strictly a wild heart slash vampire survivor streamer it's great we're having fun uh, and i finished <laughs> metroid prime squared what are you up to what's going on with your life what are you about like honestly right now not a lot that's going on with me um currently right now all i have going on is this podcast uh my my twitch channel is currently under uh reformatting as i take it into a new direction um excited about but until i'm ready for that i'm not really going to talk too much about it um so for now just check out these wonderful streamers check out our wonderful guests ace and uh and of course the brothers of second respawn they they put out a lot of great streams and they put up with me almost every week because even though this is ace's first time as a guest on this podcast he has watched almost every single movie with us and so you will definitely you we're definitely going to be having him back again soon because this is this has been an absolute joy. This has been a really great episode. Um, but also, one other person I want to shout out is going to be our editor, uh, Tucker Wins. You can find him on Twitter at Tucker Wins, or he's back streaming on Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv underscore uh, forward slash Tucker underscore Wins. Uh, he does. He's been playing. I think he was playing Sunhaven, and he was playing some chess. Just kind of chatting, having a good time. You can find his music on Spotify at uh, under Tucker Win Stanley, and you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere really. And if you like it, please feel free to share it. Let people know. Let people know you like it. That would be really helpful, and we would love you forever. Okay, maybe Kaz won't love you forever, but I'll love you forever for as long time. I don't have that kind of commitment in me. <laughs> Hey, man, come on. Don't make me pull you to the side again. We don't need to have another discussion, do we? It's only going to be a sad, sad discussion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, next week, um, Kaz and I are going to go back into the realm of horror for a little bit. Uh, it won't be a series, but we are at least watching one horror film. It's going to be, it's called From, or I think it's just called The Beyond. Uh, I don't know really anything about this movie. Kaz doesn't know anything about this movie. It's another King Arthur situation. Let's see how bad it goes. <sighs> Guys, I don't want to walk outside anymore. I'm afraid I'm going to get shot in the dick right. now. Like, I just, I'm going to have this irrational fear for the rest of my life. Let's just leave on a very happy, uh, up, uh, uh, you know, upbeat note. Utopian Detroit. Nine? Dick works. <laughs> <laughs>